To answer is human. To question is divine. Welcome to the world of the Hidden Gateway, an exhilarating podcast exploring the concepts humans have been struggling with since the dawn of existence, such as, who are we? Is there such a thing as good and evil, or are they arbitrary constructs? Does the paranormal exist? How can we evolve to a higher state? Can our mind influence what we term as reality? Providing a transcendental approach, combined with hard-nosed humanistic analysis, we invite you on a journey to question your worldview in this theater of life. Join our host, Justin Williams, as he explores the outer realms of faith, the supernatural, human potential, and even our concepts of the universal creator with a fascinating array of guests. This is the unseen world, magical, mysterious, and mystical, where your only limitation is your imagination. This is The Hidden Gateway. Welcome to another episode of The Hidden Gateway Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Williams. Our guest today has had an amazing journey of self-discovery and healing that led him to a spiritual and psychological self-work and the healing arts. He studies and practices meditation, shamanism, as well as various spiritual and ancient esoteric teachings. His his personal healing process also inspired him to explore the mysteries and hidden knowledge surrounding our planet and humanity's origins, questioning the roots of what constitutes reality. As a holistic life coach, writer, and podcast host, we welcome Mr. Bernard Gunther to the Hidden Gateway Podcast. Bernard, how you doing, man? Excellent. I'm good, man. Thanks for having me on, Justin. Hey, man, I appreciate you being here. You know, that that little intro there, man, it really doesn't do justice for what I believe to be who you are and, and, and what you're about, man. Um, it, it goes so much deeper than that, right? Obviously, yeah. I mentioned that you, uh, you had uh, a self-discovery many years ago. Uh, can you just take a few minutes to to tell us about your, uh, your, your history and how you wound up to be where you are today. Yeah. Thank, yeah. Thank you. That's a good point. I always had troubles writing bios, you know what I mean? About your life. I mean, you know, it's more about my life has been more about my, you know, experiences rather than just, uh, you know, just the surface level, so to speak. But yeah, just in a nutshell, I grew up, uh, in, um, well, technically I was actually born in Los Angeles. My parents, from Germany, came over here. My dad made his, his PhD in, in uh, UCLA. Uh, but then when I, when I was born in LA, my parents didn't want to stay here. And so they moved back to Germany. I was one year old. And I grew up in Munich. And uh, Munich, Germany. And, you know, early on, my high school years couldn't really fit in. Typical outsider kind of kid, you know. Got bullied, whatnot. Not, not physically, but psychologically made fun of. So I was just always kind of insecure you know, very emotionally sensitive and and all that and just couldn't fit in with anything and just went along with the program until I found drums and percussions at the age of 19. That really like something woke me up, like playing the drums rhythm. It's like finally creatively expressing myself. Like I found, yes. that's how I found God, basically. Like I remember first time sitting on the drum says like, holy shit, the, something happened transcendental, right? Mm-hmm. And then I knew this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. So from the outset and to the despair of my parents, completely irrational. I just dropped out of college. I'm like, started w- working odd jobs and I wanted to move to LA to go to drum school, a music school, the Musicians Institute. 
uh, back there and just just do that. I played six, seven hours of drums a day and that's it, right? Um, and that really initiated my journey, right? You know, like, you know, like when I first thought this is what I want to do for a living, come to LA, do the rock star thing and all of that. I quickly become disillusioned with the whole music scene in LA because it was more about like a lot of image and, and the music business mm-hmm. and not too much about art and creativity. Um, but this, you know, me drumming, like I was more into heavy, darker music back then, became a shamanic process for me of like self discovery, right? Of really mm-hmm. expressing my inner emotional life. I had a hard time um, processing externally because when you grow up, right, in any school, they, they don't teach you anything about emotional intelligence, about how to deal with your feelings, right? They just mm-hmm. to try to make you good workers and you know, and all of that. But I could also never fit into what I call the consensus state or status quo goals back then of like just having a job, getting a family, making money like this. Like it didn't satisfy me. I always felt there must be more in life, right? And I always thought that, you know, there's more to what I've been told and taught. So I always had this as, you know, in the matrix, the Neo's splinter in the mind, you know, what is something else is happening here? What is the matrix, so to speak, Right. Right. And then I started questioning natural life more and also questioning, uh, started questioning because I was dealing with a lot of disp- depression, despair, you know, um, you know, so if music helped me to process that, but I had my, you know, excursions into drugs in <laughs> all of that. Um, and remember one time I hit rock, b- rock bottom and I was dealing with suicidal thoughts and suicidal tendencies. And I realized that this voice came in my mind, like, I have to figure myself out. Who am I? Otherwise I will kill myself. Right. And that question initiated the journey. And I remember then all of a sudden these weird synchronicities, coincidences happened. This one book appeared by Krishnamurti, Freedom from the Known, which, you know, which really I was drawn to. And that really opened up my journey to self-discovery. And early on, I was always combining, like, what do you know about myself? So studying psychology, spirituality, Carl Jung early on, Krishnamurti, and, you know, Alan Watts, that kind of philosophy, spiritual philosophy at the beginning. But at the same time, started questioning what's happening in the world too, you know. And I remember uh, back in the '90s, one of my mushroom dealers had, a <laughs> 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 when I, you know, sort of have a mushroom, which helped me in my own, own journey actually. But she had this VH, VHS tape of David Icke back in the '90s. One of his oh. like, back then it was VHS tapes, right? Right, right. Uh, <laughs> you know, and one of his presentations of like you know eight and seven, I don't know six seven hours long, right? Mm-hmm. And I watched him like, holy da- shit! Okay, there, here we go. So that kind of opened up, you know, the floodgates, so to speak, to the conspiracy world. What's really going on? I read his first right. book, and then I started researching my own, delved deeper into myself, you know, and. And uh, really got more into like beyond the basic 3D conspiracy. I got into the UFO topic, the hyperdimensional realities, and dove deeper and deeper. Right. Mm-hmm. At some point, I took the New Age pill. Right. I kind of took a detour, <laughs> right, okay. so to speak, and engaged in spiritual bypassing. And you know, and um, but throughout the years, then you know, as as the saying goes, "Tell God your plans, and will laugh at you." But at one point, I found another gift. I found the healing arts in my own healing hands and do massage and body work and energy work and then kind of pursued wow. that started that doing had my own private practice you know for for uh, over 15 years and um then people always came to me naturally you know uh, to, for processing so i started my coaching services at some point and started writing as well you know at, at first i started just writing um because it helped me to um kind of organize my own thoughts my own research right just to writing it out 
and also hoping to connect to others. But that was back on MySpace. I don't know if you remember way before. Oh, Facebook. yeah, I remember MySpace. <laughs> yeah, back so in the was, day. I was writing on there, and then and then my friend told me you should have a blog, and I don't even know what is a blog. That's interesting. So I started my own blog, Veil of Reality. Uh, also, like uh, I think it was early two thousand, and um, started writing. And my friend helped me then make films out of my own uh, writings. Time of transition, you know, a love reality of time of transition, and another UFO documentary we made, UFOs, areas of the and the questions of contact. That was already over over ten years ago. And then it kind of everything took off, right? I got, you know, people became aware of my work. I got on Facebook. I got invited to more interviews. And um, I deepened my practice. I started even hosting retreats down in Peru with, with a Peruvian friend, you know, because I always realized in my journey that, especially as it's becoming more apparent now, the importance to combine the inner and outer work, right? Meaning okay. inner work, the necessary inner work to face our shadow, our traumas, wounds. We all have to varying degrees, right? To find out who we truly are, to heal ourselves. And the outer work to understand the world, right? To question, to do research and all of that. And mostly I've found in my journey that people, generally speaking, fall into two camps. You have most a lot of conspiracy-minded people. They are kind of stuck in the outside world, right? Of just the blame game. And don't engage any inner work. And some people can get too involved in their own, like the new age, right? Oh, it's just about me, my reality. Who cares what's going on out there? And both things are, you know, a trap are not integral, you know? So it's it's important to have this integral approach. So that's kind of, I guess, summarizes in a nutshell where I'm at. But, you know, people ask me, why do you do what you do? And how did you start off? And And I always can summarize it in one sentence, because I suffered, right? Because I couldn't mm -hmm. fit in, I, you know, dealing with depression, I needed to f understand myself and the world, and that opened the floodgates, so to speak. Okay, so you, I heard you say early on something clicked at, at that uh, that low moment. You you, you yeah. recognized something, and you you asked what, what needs to be done. Who am I? You were looking for that identity. Um, with that, definitely a, a newfound sense of freedom. Yes, yes, um, you know, definitely because. That was for, you know, if you look at esotericy, that was always facing death, basically, you know. I think a lot of people who deal with suicide, I was dealing with suicidal tendencies, suicidal thoughts, I literally wanted to kill myself. This Behind this death wish is like, I feel is is more a deeper, is what, what people want to kill is actually the ego, the ego personality, all the suffering and, you know, and experience mm -hmm. the true self, right? But then we miss, people mistake it for the physical death. But ultimately it's about, the the rebirth even in, in the christian tradition right when jesus dies on the cross and resurrects what it's a second birth meaning death to the personality and be reborn in your true self right right so right, that's kind right. of the alchemical process so to speak so in that instance you know i was i had my first dark night of the soul as it's you know many many people can maybe relate to it and my first you know rebirth experience so to speak of facing myself and you know when you face yourself you know all your conditioning your wounding your trauma the lies you've been telling yourself it can literally feel like like a death to the ego personality right because yeah. we of, of what we identify with right? right we all tend to identify with beliefs ideas uh, wants needs desires that are literally not our own but compensations because of our wounds of our own inner 
insecurities or conditioned, right? I've seen this a lot with people. A lot of people have aims, desires, and needs that are conditioned externally from society, from culture, right? Telling them right. what bring them happiness, but they are not their own. And as long as they pursue them, it's like trying to fill an empty hole. They will never be satisfied, never find true happiness, contentment, or fulfillment. Right, right. Well said. Now, uh, the matrix control and, and everything you just spoke of in regards to people not having that fulfillment, um, is it your belief that uh, this has been purposely put in place for people to feel this way and not be able to identify with their true selves? Yeah, I feel that's, um, you know, this is, uh, how can I say this? You know, the, the way the matrix works, it's, like, it's not as external and internal within our minds as well, right? And the big illusion we're living in that if we feel separate from everything else, so we're constantly externalizing, externalizing, right? So we're always seeking externally uh, uh, ways to make ourselves happy. I'm not even a big fan of the word happiness. Happiness always in nowadays con is based on something, certain circumstances that have to be in an external way to make ourselves feel happy, right? Mm. And I came also across, I don't know if you heard of Adi Ashanti, I like his work as well about this whole awakening process because nowadays it's very hip you know to talk about awakening the great awakening i'm awake and this and that i would never right. consider myself true awake in the true meaning of the word we're talking about enlightenment right maybe i'm aware right. of certain things that's happening in the world and some deeper aspect of myself but certainly not fully awake in right in in, in the mm. bigger sense of the word but i Shanti said something very interesting um you know a lot of and I'm quoting him, paraphrasing him. He said, a lot of people, when they say they want to awaken, is actually they don't want to awaken. They just want to be happy in their dream state, right? Cool. They want to awaken in their own terms because awakening right. in itself, you know, it's not this new age idea of like this, oh, going just up to more bliss, love, and light, and oneness. It's a descent into hell first and foremost, the right. shamanic descent right. into hell. Like, you know, that's mm -hmm. the death where we talk about the rebirth. Right? It's yes. the ascend and descent at the same time and battling demons within and without, right? As Gurdjieff would say, coming face to face with the horror of the situation, <laughs> not only externally in the world, but your own shit we have suppressed for lifetimes and just always <laughs> externalized in your con con um, constantly in the victim blame trap, right? The ego always likes to be in victim and blame others for 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 your circumstances so once you really sincerely walk on the path towards awakening you have to take responsibility for everything everything you feel everything, everything in your life and not blame and that's you know the ego doesn't like it <laughs> so right. it's it's you know that's that's the threshold to cross how they, how they say in esoteric science that that kind of separates the the wheat from the chaff so to speak of people who truly do that work because i've seen a lot of people engaging in it but once it gets too difficult they go back to the consensus state of status quo and maybe ex still externalize everything but the work itself is messy right it's really like it's it's i'm you know essentially you will come in alignment with who you truly are and your true self the essence is not uh it's completely whole in itself its true state is joy fulfillment contentment not depending on anything out there right Right, right. So it doesn't mean that you don't have to have any desires. You can still have fulfillment, but the problem comes in when we use external means to make ourselves happy, when we identify with that, right? Or give that the reason for why we feel happy. And going back to your question, the matrix uses that. Even A.H. Almas, I like his work a lot. He has a book called uh, The Diamond Approach. He talks about essence versus personality, what I just mentioned, right? And we, how we mistake the personality for our true self. Um, and he talks about 
um, how we're disconnected from essence have all these holes within ourselves. And then we try to fill these our holes externally, right? Instead of, mm. instead of like, we need essence, have we have it all within ourselves. Even the Bible is written, to, you know, seek the kingdom first within yourself and then everything will be given to you. But we've reversed yes. the process. And even H. Almasi writes in his book, the way the world works, the matrix, you, you can say, is that it's all based on trying to fill holes, right? Of giving you all kinds of desires, products, relationships to fill these holes, right? Uh, advertisement is all based on that. Have this and you'll be happy. Fill this, you know, to make you feel you know, yourself more content and happy and whatnot. But uh, this externalization is just, it keeps you in the wheel of, of samsara, so to speak, in, in, uh, in the karmic wheel. Unless you turn inwardly and find God within yourself, the divine within, right? um, and that's really the journey we are called upon as as humanity in the long run, right? As as long as we externalize everything, um, we will never find true fulfillment, happiness, peace, and all of that. And that doesn't mean to shut out the external world. Why? Right? This is the other extreme. You know, you see this. Um, also, a lot of dogmatic religions have distorted it. You know, and the the flesh is sin or money is evil and all this stuff and and yeah. you shouldn't own anything you know the western uh, the right. eastern aesthetics like completely uh -huh. shutting off any desires trying to live in the cave you know that's that's the other extreme you know we need to spiritualize not deny physical reality but come first from being an essence and the more we connect from within we can still enjoy abundance have desires and all of that but you're not attached by uh, uh, to it. You know what I mean? You don't mistake that as the source for fulfillment and contentment. So that's yes. that's a reversal. A reversal. Right. Makes me think of the Bible verse: uh, "Money is uh, the root of all evil." A lot of people, you know, um, get, get that wrong. It's not money is the root of all evil, but uh, the, uh, the the love the of greed. money. Love of money. Yes. Exactly. The yeah. love of money is the root of all evil. So so how does one stay grounded in that? Is it just staying focused on uh, the Father, God, the creator, the universe? Is, is that the best route to go, to stay focused when, when dealing in this matrix? I would think that to a certain extent, you would kind of have to, quote unquote, play the game in here, right? That, yeah. that That's part of it. But just to take it back, I would think before one is able to be strong in that, you have to go through that that pain, that that shadow work, as you said, right? To yeah. build up that strength through those different experiences, yes? Yeah, there, I would say there's even a lot of gifts in our shadow, in our trauma, right? There's something hidden, mm -hmm. like there's a secret cargo. And I've, I've experienced a lot of gifts and talents once I've really faced that. Like you really, like I mentioned before, I found my gift of healing hands, of like a natural talent to do body work and work on people and my writing gift and all of that. That just happened as the more I work on myself and go inside, the more these gifts and talents come up, right? In a sense, mm -hmm. and naturally in a way, because it really connects you more to your unique, what I call soul purpose, right? And soul purpose is mm -hmm. not necessarily a specific thing you do, because we're like, um, we're very unique beings. Like I mentioned, even with the bio at the beginning, right? Um, we are so conditioned to focus on, I'm, I'm, my name is Bernard and I do this and I'm a body worker. So this box, you know, I'm more, way more than that. You're way more than that. You know, we have all these different facets. We are multidimensional beings, right? Who knows what I will have, what I will be doing in five, 10 years from now. I have no idea. Like I could, didn't quote unquote consciously plan on doing what I'm doing now 20 years ago. Right, mm -hmm. but the more you do uh, turn within, um, 
you know, you connect more to essence, you can, you align more with what I call divine will, the higher will of God, right? Which is nothing outside of ourselves. You be, you become a unique expression of that. And everybody has that uniqueness, unique expression of God and the divine manifested through us, right? That's also for me then, that's why I don't even believe in competition because I know I can do something better than anybody else if I stay true to myself, if integrity and humility, right? Boom. Just like an honor somebody else is a unique, beautiful expression of, of, of divine will and like, wow, more power to them, right? Um, but, you know, the tricky part is only when, when ego gets, gets fully evolved and take over and we, um, you know, we think we're the source of that. You know, I know that I'm trying the best to align with the higher will, the divine will, whatever you may want to call it. Even when I write, I feel I'm something tap, tapping into something and just downloading something, you know? And the more I'm connected to essence, the more that this channel is open, right? Um, but what going back, what was the original question? So, uh, because before I go on a tangent here, <laughs> what were you asking right just right now? Oh, I was just asking if uh, you, you have to go through that shadow work in order to and, and get those experiences from the shadow work yeah. in order to uh, stay strong in in the source and the father and in, in the spirit. Ah, uh, exactly, yeah, exactly. That's yeah. the same. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's very important to combine both what I've known in my work, and also this is the work I do with others and my wife. We host online courses, embodied soul awakening. You know, where we have this integral approach, what we call the fourfold approach. We, are, as I said, we're multidimensional beings, so we we need to work on all levels physical, emotional, and psychological, intellectual, and spiritual, right? Uh, you know, if you only focus on the spiritual, you know, you can easily fall into, I'm sure you heard about spiritual bypassing, right? You just yes. ignore a lot of your own stuff and you just overestimate yourself and you see this a lot in the new age when, you know, people just jump on the God bandwagon and and don't take care of their psychological uh, basic work, which we really need to. And basic psychological work that is shadow work, childhood wounding, trauma work. We all have to varying degrees, you know. Right. To and I think a lot of people depend on God to 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 do that. Where it's as far as I'm concerned, you have to you have to take that first step. I mean, God right. will be there to as a crutch yes. to assist and to guide. But yeah. you have to step out, and, and that takes a lot of courage, a lot of yeah. fear. I mean, not fear, but a lot of courage, a lot of bravery, right? Yeah, to step exactly. into that. Yeah, it is. You know, absolutely. That's that crushing that goes back what I mentioned before, crossing the threshold, right? Answering the call, mm -hmm. as it said, like oh, you know, because it pulls you out of your comfort zone, right? Absolutely. But there's only healing when we get out of our comfort zone. <laughs> And and God, there's divine will, there's divine grace. I've seen it throughout my uh, life, you know, this invisible force guiding me, even when I wasn't fully aware of it, when I look back, right, there's mm -hmm. a divine assistance. But God, or no, no forces, assisting forces, divine forces will do the work for us. Because ultimately, yeah, we can see <clears throat> the matrix when you really look at it very nihilistically. It's a prison planet. We are screwed here, <laughs> right? Um um, but it's it's both. It's a prison and a school at the same time, you know, and we only get to learn, move on until we've learned our lessons. So for me, my basic philosophy or uh, uh, view of, of life on earth is all these are lessons, right? Yes. Or soul lessons. The ego judges something as good or bad, but from the soul right. perspective, it's all just experience because we are eternal, yes. right? And it, that's why reincarnation makes sense of, of evolving over lifetimes and lifetimes and lifetimes. And sometimes, you know, stuff we're dealing with in this lifetime is also residue from past life and not, not just this life related. So it is we have to have this bigger perspective. 
That's great. That that really resonated with me because <clears throat> that's what's been coming through for me uh, from the spirit over the last couple of weeks in regards to, you know, the, the ego makes a determination whether something is good or bad. And yeah. it's definitely all experiences. Like I, I, I'm at the point now and I've been on this spiritual journey for a few years now and it's, it's really went to another level within the last year, but I'm at the point now where I don't want to say I, I, I welcome the bad or the quote unquote bad or the challenges. Uh, I'm not there, but I, I accept them for what mm-hmm. they are. Right. And I yeah. know that I have to use those experiences as a tool exactly. to help me go higher in the spirit. And I've also recognized I'm not in control here. I'm not the one running yeah. the show. It's something yeah. greater at play, exactly. right? That's something greater. The the father, the source, the, 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 the highest of the high, along with his light beings. Like I'm really big into angels and, and light beings and, you know, mm-hmm. archangels, things like that. So that's, that's really cool, man, to hear you say that. That really, really resonates with me. Now, mm-hmm. I want to kind of shift gears, but kind of stay, stay kind of on the same path here. I want your thoughts on 3D and 5D realities, right? Um, you talked earlier about the the awakening, and, and and there's there's so many things to that where people are, are, are awakened, but then it's kind of like a fad thing to do um, nowadays. Um, but at the same time, there's there's obviously been the shift. I felt it last oh, year, yeah. 2020. You know, and, sure. it, and and a lot of people have, and I, I've heard you talk about it too on yeah. on YouTube, man. Let, let, let's let's go into that. What is it? Um, and, and how will the world humanity be affected by it? But yeah. the two different three and five D realities. Yeah, that's a good question. There's definitely an awakening, a great awakening, you know, happening. I feel definitely there's an initiation. You know, you can see what happened over the past couple of years with the whole lockdown and the pandemic and whatnot, and the whole the agenda behind it. You can see it, it. I see it as the end game of the matrix forces of lock, locking down humanity under this totalitarian, communist, fascist, technocratic you know, a new world order, which we have all known about. I've written about it, talked about it. Dave Aike have talked about it for over 20 years, since the 90s. Now we see it. I mean, in, I always say I'm kind of having a blast because everything I've been talking about over 20 years is now becoming a reality. I'm kind of have there my ego in, in the back. Mind is like, I told you so. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but you wouldn't good. listen. <laughs> so, so that's happening. But everything is happening as it's supposed to. Like there's no error. And right. you can easily, you know, it's 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 very important not fall. I see a lot of people waking up, you know, out of the finally the consensus status, status quo, and they're going through what I've gone through. I was already twenty over twenty years ago. They're starting to individuate, meaning now a lot of people struggling with connect uh, relating to their old friends or families because there is a splitting happening, a timeline split, right? In the sense, and it's natural. It's not there's two things. There's the artificial divide and conquer agenda of the three D matrix. Uh, trying to put humans against humans with, you know, the woke culture of, of you know, the, the race uh, card or be it the, you know, uh, political parties left versus right and all of that. But there's an, a natural splitting happening based on level of being and people are waking up, right, to what's really going on. So it's easy to fall, number one, into doom and gloom and like, oh, my God, the world is going to shit. We're going, you know, we're being enslaved. So we need to watch out not to fall into this negativity while still being aware of it, right, of what's what the agenda is. Just because we know the agenda, which also ties into depopulation agenda, and it's quite evil because a lot of people have trouble understanding what's happening in the world because they've never faced their own darkness, their own evil. Hence, they cannot even conceptualize the evil we are up against. 
the evil forces. And we're literally dealing with a depopulation agenda of of these uh, of the elite of these forces wanting to get rid of billions of people because they're useless feeders, you know, and that ties the the true agenda behind the jab, by the way, right? Which we we can right, touch yeah, upon as well. Yeah. Yes. But you know, ultimately going back to your question, awakening, but there's a silver lining because of the shit going down, more people start to question, like, hold on, something is wrong. This is not right. So it serves as a trigger to wake people up, right? Mm -hmm. Because, uh, you know, because of, 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 because it's becoming so obvious and these, these, uh, these anti-divine forces, matrix forces, they're very desperate, right? So it triggers on a positive sense, a lot of people to wake up and questioning. So, um, that's why I see is happening, needs to happen, and couldn't be any other way. And it's a huge opportunity, right? I see it in a positive light. Uh, we cannot uh, escape back to our, you know, escapism anymore, right? Because it affects <laughs> everyone everywhere in, in the whole world. It doesn't matter where you live, right? So you need to face it. Right. Uh, so there's this opportunity, and and it will bring up your stuff as well because you cannot run away from your own stuff anymore, right? Unless you maybe completely try to numb yourself and all of that and just ignore but ultimately the pressure will be too extreme because what we're also experiencing on a multi-dimensional level is as the dark is rising you know um we see the darkness coming up in the world and that's really ties into carl jung's work the collective shadow is coming up but at the same yeah. time it's also forces us to face our own darkness within ourselves it's coming up and the reason it's yeah. coming up because uh, in light of the illusion of consciousness, the light is also coming down, right? Yes. Uh, like yes. The, um, it's kind of trying to manifest itself, right? As Sri Aurobindo would call the supermental light consciousness is trying to anchor itself in humanity, in the collective. But by anchoring itself to raise to the higher level, it brings up everything in the shadows. So that's yeah. there's no other way around it. It's again the law of ascend and descent, right? Meaning you can rise only as high as, high as, as you're able to go deep into the shadows and and make the darkness conscious in the world and within yourself so it's it's an evolutionary process we're in right now that that is that is really good that is really good bernard and and that to me just goes to show the power of the light that it can be so powerful so strong that it can affect even that shadow maybe what some would term as the the negativity right um and you know the 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 negative forces like you said a minute ago they're desperate um, maybe they're desperate. I mean, they, they've always been there at play, but as they see that light descending right now, like you said, they want to, they want to, uh, <laughs> they want to get crazy, <laughs> crazier than ever. It seems yeah. like they, they um, see, they see that humanity is waking up. They want to keep, uh, uh, you know, in prison as many people as possible in the frequency prison, right? Because from, mm -hmm. a, if you know my work from a higher perspective, that's the topic of all topics, hyperdimensional perspective. They, they use humanity as a food source, Right. Right. Literally, a life force, right? They feed off of certain vibrations, you know, projections, and like to keep people in this fear frequency. Because as you noticed, the matrix operates on the fear frequency. You know, people right. are easier control when they have fear. Like, oh, there's a virus, be afraid, be afraid. You know, be fear, fear of death, or oh, climate change, be afraid. Like fear, fear, fear. And, and as, if people buy into the fear, that's how they easier control. That's when they go along with it because of fear. So it's all about conquering fear, by the way, right? Yeah. yeah, that's something I've learned recently as well. And I've had that conversation with my wife, too, that fear feeds off of fear. So when people yeah. accept what they're being told, what they're seeing on TV, et cetera, they, they, they're now based in fear, that low frequency, low vibration. So then you have all this other low frequency, low vibration, which is essentially energy, right? 
They say, yeah. oh, look at that. Look, time to eat, <laughs> you know. So, exactly. OK. And then you mentioned deep depopulation agenda. Right. And we, we talked about that, that jab. You mentioned that really quick here. Um, in, in your opinion, who and what is behind uh, that and, and why is it is it obviously that evil energy or, or, or negativity at play? Is it but do you think it's just a financial motive or is something else more coordinated and, and sinister behind that? Um it's way beyond just financial motive. I mean, that's on the surface. Yeah, of course, all the pharmaceutical big pharma industries, they make billions of dollars. You know what I mean? That's part of it. You know, it's power money. Uh, but it goes way, way deeper. I mean, I don't know if I've written an article about uh, it a few months ago on my on my website called uh, The Long Range Matrix Agenda and what we can do about it, where I kind of lay it out in a nutshell, right? Okay. Um, but it even goes back to, and that's where I quoted Rudolf Steiner. I don't know, Maybe I'm sure you've heard of him. Um, and he, like over 100 years ago in a talk in 1910 in Germany, talked about what's happening right now, right, of the of the dark forces kind of in, invading humanity and also possessing humans and developing medicine. And he literally mentioned, uh, you know, vax, so to speak, literally mentioned the word, to uh, drive out spirit out of humans, to make people... Um, um, spiritless, so to speak. So they're disconnected from their soul, right? So that's on a metaphysical level. What, what, and I've written about this before. Like, I, one of my ebooks is called Timeline Reality, uh, uh, Timeline Reality Split and the Hidden Forces of Life. It's free, available on my website, where I talk also about the agenda. I already I wrote about this five years ago, and now we see it happening from a hyperdimensional perspective. You know, not just the jab but relates to also everything else that's going in the world, right? The pollution, uh, the chemtrails, the fluoride mm -hmm. in the water, the GMO food, you know, all of that um, is just poisoning our bodies in, in, in essentially what, what the, the agenda is really like, because the, our body is our temple, right? It holds the soul. Needs to be, we need to be anchor the soul. And their intention is to remove the soul, like, because the soul cannot be destroyed. Essence can never be destroyed, but they can remove it, fragmentize it. Also through trauma installment program, right? When somebody's traumatized, it ties into uh, uh, soul fragmentation, right? I'm sure you've heard this from, from the shamanic perspective, like to remove essence or your soul more, uh, more and more from your body. So they use, they can use an, our, the vessel vehicles as an incarnational opportunity to incarnate and possess our bodies. That's the long range agenda. Right, and there was a really fascinating uh, um, test, not testimonial witness, like some uh, this French lady, French healer in France, and uh, I quoted her as well. Um, was doing some energy work of somebody who just got the jab, and she noticed that you know she's very she's very psychic that the soul is is very much removed, just holding on with the string, and then he got the second uh, jab, and then was removed even more, right that the, the soul would not go back to into the body. And so that's what we're dealing on a metaphysical level, right? Okay. Uh, because, so, because they want to use, they want to prime our bodies for takeover. That's the, uh, that's the actual alien invasion <laughs> through our own bodies, you know, oh, wow. hyperdimensional wow. level, right? These are cold forces, as Sri Aurobindo talked, okay. wanting to possess humanity, working, using us because they, they need our vessels to, to work, uh, to exist in this 3D reality. So that's on a very fringe, esoteric, hyperdimensional level. Now, on a very basic physical level, you ask who is behind it. I mean, this 
you can you can go into the basic 3D matrix, right? New World Order, the Rothschilds, the the elite, the secret societies. You know, I don't think there's just one fraction. There's different fractions, and there's maybe a lot of infighting because psychopaths, you know, they fight amongst each other. But I, from my perspective, even the 3D outlay, they are just puppets themselves of these hyperdimensional forces, draconian reptilian okay. forces, right? Right. Uh, and they're not even aware of it. But they also, on a basic 3D level, yes, they want to kill off uh, a vast majority of, of humanity. It's 8 billion people. It's too many, literally, as they call them, useless feeders. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you have the I forgot the name the Gor- uh, the stones Gregorian stones. You know you heard about the right. Yeah. The, now where they, uh, they had it even in stone their whole agenda about reducing population down to five hundred thousand or something mm-hmm. and all that. So what we're seeing right now, you know, with all already it's happening with the jab injuries, the deaths, and all of that, which the numbers way numbers are way higher than we're being told, even higher than Absolutely. what is reported, because a lot of things are not reported, and then the mainstream is is obviously censoring it and all of that. Um, but the way I see, these are not quote unquote accidents, right? Or you know what people understand, this is on purpose. This is the whole agenda, right? And we see the real side effects and effects in five, ten years from now, because the jab is also a time bomb. Right, it really genetically modifies you and destroys your immune system. Can you know easy access for other uh, diseases and illnesses? It also proven to affect uh, you know the womb of the of the uh, of of women. Um, it also negatively affects the sperm of of men and the prostate. Right, so it's all about sterilization as well at the same time. Mm-hmm. So we might see mass deaths, you know, in in a decade from now. Uh, and I'm not trying to get into the doom and gloom. I don't think, you know, if somebody got the jab, I, everybody's different too. I'm I'm not like, I'm not the, the person who says, okay, if you got the jab, you're, you're screwed. That's it. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I think anything can be changed and healed if you're aware of it. And if you know, you know, because all is about frequency as well. Uh, but there's a very deep, dark, sinister agenda behind the jab, right? They have used, you know, the pandemic and whatnot as a pretext for the jab that's it and even right now what's happening now with fauci coming out and like oh my god the lab and it's 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 a bioweapon for me this is a distraction because it still promotes the jab you know yeah. i'm right now in the camp of like more like like i think david ike had talked about this uh, dr andy kaufman and all of that you know like actually questioning modern medicine questioning uh, germ theory right and all of this in virology and what is a virus actually has it actually been isolated and all of that and you cannot question these things at all because you get censored right away <laughs> on YouTube. Right. you know that's why i got right away i'm once again in a 30-day facebook jail because i questioned the 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 virus theory right right so um so there's a lot of different levels to look at it from so just try to summarize it in a nutshell <laughs> Okay. Now, now these evil energies, evil entities that uh, say control the the elite, right? Uh, the Rockefellers, these people that that allegedly run the world. Where did they come from? Were they have they been here forever? Were they put in place to help humanity keep a balance for us to um, to bring on the, the things that we deal with to keep us in this prison planet? Is is it all a part in, in your thoughts? Is it all a part of the the, the big plan? I mean, what's up? What do you mean, plan? The big big. Um, what do you mean by big plan? 
um, for what they have in place, what they're trying to do oh, okay. to, yeah. to the world. Yeah. Yeah. So, so these forces, there's, it's, it's a whole, it all becomes very paradoxical depending what level you look at it from, right? You can look at it the base, basic matrix 3D perspective, right? And then you see all the 3D matrix. You can see it from the 4D perspective, the hyperdimensional matrix. These are called forces, alien forces that have been around for a long time, just existing outside our sense of perception in another density or dimension, right? Uh, then you can look it up from a level of the psyche, like Jungian psychology, that are also, they're also part of our own psyche, of our unacknowledged shadow. And you look at it from the level of the evolution of consciousness, right? And then you see that they play their part in the evolutionary process. So they have, like, when you really study esoteric teachings, these are called uh, forces, whatever name you want to give them. They've had given different names. They've been given draconian, reptilians, archons, Wetiko, the Jing, you know, from the uh, Arabian mythology, from Sufism, you know, Predator from Castaneda and all of that. So different names for the same force, so to speak, evil force. Um, but they have their teaching function as well, <laughs> right? Uh, that's that's when you study esoteric teachings, uh, um, that's what they, they emphasize. So it's important not fall into the blame and just overfocus, oh my God, what they're doing, because what I've noticed, and I've dealt a lot with these attacks, hyperdimensional warfare, you know, entity attacks and all of that, they can only get to you where they have an entry point. And the entry point is related to some of your ego blind spots, trauma, shadow aspects, and all of that. So whatever they get into, they highlight then the issue, right? So you can use it as a teacher, teaching function to become more aware of what's really going on. You know, even now with the world, you know, as it's it's becoming, as I mentioned uh, just briefly before, we see the crackdown, as the, the draconian measures, and what they're what they're trying to do. So they sh they they make things more obvious. So you can use it as a teaching function, so to speak, to become aware of the evil of the darkness within yourself for healing, for integration, right? And the more we integrate, the more we heal through our stuff, the more connect we to essence, who we truly are, the less they have an effect on us. And that's the true secret to reality creation. That's the true secret to raising your vibration and ascending. It's not mm -hmm. like the new age. It's not just about just, you know, I'm going to do some breath work and raise my frequency or think positive thoughts. No, the true way to raise your frequency is by removing that it's in the way of who you truly are, which means going deep into the difficult work of shadow work trauma work you know um, um getting you know the through the process of the death of the personality and connecting to essence the more you bring back your soul and anchor the soul embodiment these forces cannot get to you because they what they want as i mentioned before they want to remove the soul from the body so that's why the work of embodiment embodiment truly means anchoring the soul within yourself connecting strengthening your uh, connection to god and the divine is the most important work we can do for ourselves and the world to anchor the light within our bodies to spiritualize right we are frequency anchors that's what we are and that's what we need to we need to free anchor the frequency of the new world but it's not you know happening again by just uh, meditating on love and light and, and all these kind of things but doing the difficult work right so we can really be the um the carriers of of the light of the new earth so going back to to what you mentioned before, these forces, like yeah, they're it's very paradoxical, right? Understanding also the the law of duality, that we're dealing um, with forces that are trying to enslave us, 
But at the same time, it's the remedy. They have a teaching function. I, I had a great uh, podcast with um, Paul Levy uh, on my on my channel about that, this yeah. about Wetiko, and he talks about it from a Wetiko perspective, the Native American idea of of these these forces. And he also said that Wetiko, you know, is is represents the evil in the world, but it's the cure. It's a remedy at the same time, <laughs> right? So it's it's very hard maybe for the for the egoic logical mind to um, conceptualize these um, or kind of bring together these these opposites and paradoxes, but that's really what it is, you know. Um, because I've I've seen it in myself. Like, uh, if you really understand, you know, that's why it's important to also understand or have a the bigger picture in mind in light of the evolution of consciousness, right? So we don't get get out of our tunnel vision or subjective tunnel vision of what we think is like again good or bad. The ego as it likes to judge. Because I can go if I look back into my life, maybe you can relate to that. Some really bad experiences, and I thought, oh my god, my life is going to shit. I have some nasty mm -hmm. breakups and all of that. And I'm looking back, no, that was actually grace. There was tough grace there was like a divine intervention to put me back on my path but right. i was screaming against it because i didn't know what was good for me god know right. better right uh -huh. so that was actually an initiation and a very important lesson i had to go through but when i went through it i was like fuck this sucks you know and i was yeah, yeah. everything and anyone every time every you know time. so yeah. i feel that's similar with the situation we're in the world right now so this is a big lesson right now for humanity yeah. Now, is that lesson for everybody or, or everybody's different? That's a good that's a good question too. That's another thing. Like we have to I talk 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 to my wife Laura uh, about this. Because a lot of people we get who just wake up, as I mentioned, they are really upset. How why why can't everybody see this? Why do people just go along with it? It doesn't make sense, right? Because what we naturally do, we project our own awareness and soul potential and how we think and feel into others, right? Mm -hmm not realizing that with 8 billion people, there are vast different levels of being, right? Ties also into another esoteric concept, which I've written about on my website, organic portal, soulless humans. Not everybody has an individualized soul, but they're just literally running automated machines, programs. Man, know? I heard you say something similar. I heard you say something about uh, on another another podcast you did, Psychopaths, where 6 to 8% of the population are born without a consciousness. Yeah, exactly. Genetic. And those mostly in, in positions of power. And they, you know, that's, that's, that's another, exactly, that's really important to understand the vast different levels of being and soul embodiment. You know, Gurdjieff, as a Czech teacher, he said something very profound. He said that dif uh, the, the difference between level of being between one human to another can be as, dif as vastly different as between the level of being of a plant and an animal. Oh. So, you know, so we have to understand that also during this time, not everybody's here meant to wake up. You know, that's not part of the evolutionary process. Again, we have to look at the bigger picture. Some people, you know, some of us have been in this journey for a long, long time, lifetimes over lifetimes, and we are ripe for this awakening, right? It doesn't happen within one lifetime. There are a lot of people, uh, incarnation, they just, quote-unquote, graduated from the animal kingdom. It's their first incarnations as very young souls, right? They're just here to experience uh, physical reality. They are not, even from the bigger picture perspective, meant to wake up during this cycle. So we need and to that's honor okay, that. right? That's, that's totally okay. fine. Yeah. That's just yeah, fine. Yeah. Because we have always all also been there at some point, right? In there the you go. consciousness. Yes. Right. So right. that's where we need to reconcile, right? It's not about it's easy, the ego can easily hijack the process. I, I'm not taking myself out of the equation. I have a whole uh, lecture and an and article written about the trap on the path towards awakening. And one of the traps is 
the superiority complex, right? It's easy when we feel like better than the sheeple and look down on people. I'm not taking myself out of the equation. Like it's, it creeps up, right? Um, so we need to watch out that we don't use these concepts in order to make ourselves feel better than others, but understanding it more objectively where everybody is at, right? Well, so ultimately, like all, ultimately, all is one, right? But uh -huh. just because all is one doesn't mean that we're all the same. So that's what right. I understand. Yeah, like the old saying, anytime you point a finger, there's one pointing back at you, right? Can't forget that we were once exactly. there at some point in time, if time even exists. But you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, so I want to talk a little bit about plant medicines. I, I saw on your website that you uh, you had your first psychedelic experience in 96, yes? And um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, how, how has that uh, changed your life? And, and obviously people use plant medicine as uh, I would think as a tool to um, bring more awareness. I, I actually had my uh, first psychedelic experience back in April of this year where I attended a, a three night ayahuasca ceremony and mm -hmm. um, people that listen to, to the podcast that you've heard this story before, but um, the best way for me to sum it up Bernard is I literally walk with God for three nights. That that mm -hmm. is the the best way for me to say it, man. So I want to hear about some of your experiences using using the, the, the plant medicines and and how they helped you as a tool, and maybe what you've learned from from those experiences. Yeah, yeah, that's um that's a big topic. <laughs> it's a yeah. two edged two edged sword, you know these plant mm -hmm. these medicines uh, for better or worse. But it, in my early in in as you mentioned the nineties. You know, I got I got deep into um, my musician years living in Hollywood. I got into heavy drugs. I was first before I got into plant medicine. I was like I had my amphetamine days, cocaine, speed, meth. I was shooting up heroin, and for a month and whatnot. Not because honestly, like I never got really addicted to something. I was just like exploring it. Like you know what I mean? Like almost the rock star archetype. Oh, what is this? Why is it so? F you know what? I have the attitude when it's like something is bad and it's you shouldn't be doing. Like okay, why am I not allowed to do this? So I was just experimenting. But it definitely put me down in a also didn't help with my depression, obviously, right? It was just numbing stuff. But then all of a sudden, uh, my friend came and gave me one day like uh, mushrooms, magic mushrooms, psilocybin mushrooms, right? And that opened up a whole new doorway, right? And I first came across psychedelics, mostly um, uh, psilocybin mushrooms and LSD at raves out in the park in the desert, like that's how desert raves, right? We used to go once a month and partying was was fun. It's like a, almost like a rite of passage in itself. So that's when I first was introduced to mushrooms, and that connected me similar to you to something higher. Like I felt I was experiencing God. It was just amazing, right? Mm. But then you know, like so at first you was using a recreational as a party drug, right? But then I noticed, like, hold on, there's something deeper because my stuff would come out. You know, at my you know, like felt the the healing capabilities of these of these plants on a deeper level, because mm -hmm. I was facing my childhood wounds. I had insights to my parents. So I'm like, oh my god, I gotta approach this differently. I cannot just use it for partying. Like there's something sacred about it. So I stopped using it in any party settings, and then I got into I don't know. Have you heard of Terence McKenna and his oh, work? Yeah. yeah. Yes. And then I did his you know f uh, heroic dose as he calls it five grams. And I worked with that in a while by myself. I literally would lock myself in in in, uh -oh. in our rehearsal room, you know, soundproof, lightproof, complete darkness. Take five grams by myself, 
and let's see what happens. Right? And, and that's when I had first, like also besides the amazing heating experience, but have in, that's how I got introduced to, to the alien topic, UFO topic, the hyperdimensional topic, because I've all these mm-hmm. experiences of alien entities and beings and like other realms, right? Which like were very real to me. It was not just hallucination, right? So I had all these intense experiences. So I was really experimenting. I was uh, basically a psychonaut, you know, like really going deep, you know, high dose. I think the highest dose I ever take was eight grams of mushrooms. Wow. And But then like I had also the near-death ex- experiences. I was pushing a bit too far and then like, you know, kind of God put me straight, so to speak, you know, because my ego got a bit involved. Mm-hmm. Um, but it helped me early in, my, in the 90s. It helped me really. And now it's actually proven that it helps with nowadays. You know, it's been scientific research out there. Psilocybin mushroom helps with trauma, helps with depression, helps to yeah. uh, uh, heal your, your brain synopsis and pathways and all of that. And so mm-hmm. I feel that's what I was doing. Uh, and it helped me a lot in my process, also insightful. But I also did too much too fast. And I didn't have... Um, the necessary psychological knowledge or foundation to do to then uh, uh, or tools to apply to really be more grounded in my body. So it put me too far out there, right? It brought up too much too fast, and I think that's the danger with these things sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I also was put spent time in in Peru many years in the, in the jungle and in, in the Andes. Worked with ayahuasca, also more of much wachuma, San Pedro cactus. Right, okay. uh, it's also a beautiful plant, uh, and I met my, a really good friend who I consider my brother, who is a Wachuma shaman, and I worked with him, you know, for many years. We were even hosting retreats together and work with that plant. So it's been very beautiful and insightful. But at some point, I noticed something else, you know, especially in this light of this topic. If you if you use these plants too much, you know, you kind of I can see it in myself, I can see it in others, people get hooked to this peak experience, what you experience, like God, you know what I mean? Like, you know, like this, mm-hmm. this, this, this realization. But as long as it, uh, you know, externally infused, it's not real. So you don't want to make yourself dependent on, on the tool, on the medicine, and you can, you know, right. use it as a crutch. You know, I think, you know, even Terrence McKenna said, I like his quote, you know, it's not what you do on these plants when you're on them, but when you're off them, right? And I've noticed like, what was more important than the insights that I got uh, on these plants, you know, then I need to apply this and do the work in everyday life in the sober way, right? In a ground way to embody it. And there then I go. felt in my personal way path, you know, I've written an article about it because it can also, you know, a lot of this medicine world, there's a lot of abuse, a lot of sketchy shamans out there. So you gotta be very discerning because it becomes so high. You can easily take on entities, right? You can, you know, something can come in, uh, which I have happened to me involuntarily as well because I was I was a bit naive in the, back in those days. So oh I man, to, I want to hear uh, about that. <laughs> I, I, so, so I had to you know engage in my own exorcisms, you know, so to speak. Oh um, But I think you know to each their own. There's, there's, I would I just want to make clear that they are not necessary for the path. They can be helpful tools on some level, uh, but I can see too many people getting too hooked on them, so to speak, and that's not. Uh, healthy anymore either i completely personally i completely stopped working with them the last time i did it was maybe uh four years ago or something with what schumer but that's when i noticed i had a, a strong insight uh, on some pedro cactus i realized okay i fell in a deep way this is it's actually becoming a hindrance in my way of my embodiment process it didn't feel right okay. anymore 
right? Right. So I right. felt okay. I'm at the stage now. I need to, to put this tool away, right? Because it's just a tool. Put the crutch away. I've mm-hmm. uh, seen enough, experienced enough, and I need to like you know go to the next stage, the next level, and 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 go deeper into into sober spiritual work and and psychological work, and really do this completely without any uh, crutches, so to speak. So, but to each their own. So it's like, I don't, I would never give general advice because every case, every person is different and specific, right? right but right. again, like it can be very helpful, very insightful at certain, uh, also t- set and setting are key, right? And all of that yep, and yep. where you do it, how you do it, with whom you do it and all of that, right. what mindset you're in, how you use it, right? But I would uh, definitely consider them, it's all about your intention and not, not not doing it recreational, so to speak. Gotcha, gotcha. Well said, well said. Thank you. Now, Bernard, you don't come across as a uh, a real political guy, if you will. I have, I have this feeling that you're you're really not into to talking about politics. That's that's how I am. I, I mean, I, I like to be aware of what's what. But one thing I want to ask you about, man, what the heck is Q? Obviously, yeah. uh, <laughs> been around for a while. I saw you had had this great article on your website yeah. about it. Um, from I, I read the article and it seemed uh, that you, you had a, uh, one opinion about yeah. Q, and then you, you you did a deeper dive, and that that kind of changed a bit. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, so where are you at the, now? That that article triggered a shitload of people. I mean, literally. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Not only from the mainstream, like somebody wrote a slander hit article about me, quoting that again. I got hit uh, from the mainstream, the uh, the leftist. I got hit from the truther community, you know, and all of that. Who think that Q is just a psyop and all of that. I mean, it's been a mess. It's been, you know, well, on the nutshell, like Q being this military intelligence leak, you know, that's kind of behind Trump administration, right? So I dismissed it right away because I'm not into politics. For me, politics always is like okay two birds of the same, uh, two wings of the same bird, you know, it's just left and versus right, same setup. You, you have no choice in voting. I've been very outspoken about the illusion of choice through voting and all of that. I'm not a statist and never believe in government, you know, more anarchist uh, view of uh, no rulers and all of that, right? So never voted in my life ever, right? And then even the Q uh, thing came up. And I right off dismissed it right away of just some, you know, whatever. It's just, it's a counter pro, counter intelligence, psyop, just to distract people, you know what I mean, with all these savior projections on Q and Trump. So I dismissed it. But then, you know, I realized I didn't apply, I didn't do what I tell other people to do, meaning don't have an opinion about something you haven't sincerely researched first. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, meaning like from the trivium, put your put your grammar before logic, put your uh, research before you make conclusions, right? So I did more deeper research and then with, you know, Tom Montag, who's, who uh, I really respect, he's a colleague of mine. I highly recommend his work as well on montag.net. He's, he's been in the game for a long time as well. And, and I had him on my podcast and he had some really good points I didn't consider. So I started researching myself. So I thought there's more to it, right? And then I realized in this whole essay, I go deeper and it's very nuanced. I also, if you've read the article, I was looking from a higher picture perspective of the evolution of consciousness and all of that. And I realized maybe I've been too simplified. Maybe it's not that black and white. Maybe there are actually good guys in the government right? The white hats, they're also trying to help in their own way. Yes, maybe they're not fully enlightened. They're not fully, uh, uh, you know, perfect. Trump is not perfect. He has his issues, right? Um, but maybe on their level, they're also trying to bring some light in, in, into darkness, right? To help the against the corruption from the inside, you know? So 
I give this a pos this this I give a possibility. I still give it a possibility. I think personally, the stance I'm holding right now that Q is real military intelligence, right? Okay. It's not a psyop, right? Uh, and you know, people have projected so much nonsense into Q, and most people who dismiss Q, like I, I can say, everybody who has dismissed Q, and uh, or um, said it's a psyop and whatnot, I can I can tell you right away, have never sincerely researched Q, meaning really going to the original drops over 4,000, doing dil diligently research. There's so much disinformation and nonsense uh, about the, about Q, which Q never said. Q never <laughs> predicted anything, right? People yeah. now dismiss Q because the storm never came, you know, and Trump is out of office. Well, it's game theory out of war, right? I'm also surprised by certain moves, but we are in the war. We're literally in war. This is World War Three. So things don't always go as planned. So I think my stance is that Q is still real. The plan has changed. You know, I also don't, I never considered that, uh, you know, Trump will just take out the bad guys and save the world, save the day. I think there's a lot of wishful thinking in the Q community as well. I've been very critical as well. So it's easy to fall into the savior trap of waiting of somebody to save the day, right? We need to step up to the plate as well. But I feel there's something, a lot happening behind the scenes. Even we see it right now. I mean, it's been crazy the past half year. But because of Biden being in office, the, the whole pathology in the, uh, you know, has become even more obvious, right? And Q always said, you, sometimes you cannot people tell the truth. You have to show them, right, to make, make it more obvious. And things are interesting right now. You know, we have what end of June right now. You know, you know in Arizona what's happening, Maricopa County, and then the re. Oh, yeah. So there, there's some big, big bomb about to being dropped. You know, yes, Who knows sir. That domino stone is going to set yeah. off. So uh -huh. all of that, which Q has talked about, right? Uh, the, the corruption and election frauds and all of that already years ago. So there's something to the whole Q thing in light of military intelligence, right? I'm not saying that. They're going to save the day and just get rid of the evil guys. We got to play our part. But regardless, I feel this whole Q drop and Q movement has actually contributed to the whole awakening, right, of making people aware of a lot of things. And I can Absolutely. say, and I have wrote this in my article, a lot of what Q dropped, I've been aware of already for years and decades, right, like in my own research. And now all of a sudden, all of this right wing, it became now all of a sudden I'm in a right wing conspiracy person. You know, when like I've been talking about this stuff for two decades, right? right? I've been called everything under the book. I've been called an anarchist, leftist, hippie, new ager, white supremacist, right wing, shill, uh, controlled opposition, like everything under the book, you know? So people just right. love to project and, you know, but that's what it comes down to. I think there's a lot happening. There's a lot happening we're just simply not aware of. It's also acknowledging the unknown, right? And I think there are some good forces happening, uh, working within the government on their own level, right? They're not spiritually enlightened, right? I'm not necessarily like a nationalistic guy. Like, I'm not even like about make America great again. I'm not about going back to the old days. We need to evolve to a higher level. But what I have warmed up to, because I always was against patriot, uh, patriot, uh, patriots and the flag, and you know, I don't like flags and all of that and nationalism. But you know, I'm I'm also from Germany. I'm not I'm not from here. But I've learned over the past year. I really, especially after after moving to Arizona here, which is people are way more grounded than California, especially LA, and more real, authentic. Um, <laughs> I I appreciate the patriotic spirit, right, of people who are standing right. up for the Constitution, and I think that's necessary. I'm not saying that's the end of it all, 
right? We need to evolve beyond, at some point, national identifications as well, but not under this forced uniformity of a communist totalitarian new world order, right? Mm -hmm. So I give validity to that. You know, if validity, even we see some, see, even with Trump, Before I, I couldn't, I never cared about Trump because I couldn't care left or right, and I feel I have a more objective view about Trump because he never triggers me as like a politician. But then I became very curious: why is is people is he upsetting so many people? That TDS, the Trump derangement syndrome, right? That became yes, I was very fascinated right. by that and comparing him to Hitler and the worst. Like this is the ultimate shadow projection. So he must be a threat to a lot of people. So that's why he it becomes be. curious, right? So that's the right. way I see it, you know. Without projecting right. him, I, I can see on, on, you know, some conservatives and 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 hardcore Trump supporters can, you know, project a lot of savior projections onto him and all of that. He has his flaws. He's not perfect, but he has the right constitution. I feel, you know, he's a healthy sense of of self. You know, you may call it a big ego, but you need almost that dealing with all the shit. In, in the system he's dealing with, right? right. So you need that right. kind of personality, I feel. Um, but he plays his role, Q plays his role, and I feel they 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 play their part in the, in the Great Awakening, but more is needed beyond, beyond Q and all of that. Right. Okay, well said. Now, we talked about the Great Awakening, and, and Bernard, one of the last questions I want to ask you is, is in regards to an article that uh, – Looks like you, you have on your website from August of last year, and it's titled Lonely, Loneliness on the Path. And I, I just want you to speak to the people that may be going through that great awakening. And, and, and yeah. you know, you, you, a lot of times people start off high, you know, I have all this knowledge and yeah. they're thinking, oh, it's going to be this and this. And they're not aware of the shadow work that you discussed earlier. And, yeah. and one big thing that, that can be hard for a lot of people is that lonely, loneliness. Can you kind of go into that? And, and what's the best way? For people to 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 deal with that, yeah, that's a great question. That ties into what what I mentioned before. A lot of people are waking up and it's exciting, but then they don't realize a lot of other stuff is going to come up and friction with old friends, associations, and family members. A lot of people already like then still attached to it and they don't know what to do, and then they try to forcefully wake up others, which is a trap in itself because you got to respect free will. You cannot force anybody want to wake up. Like, you know, in your own life, nobody forced you to wake up or, or force information on you. It's coming from an inner calling, right? Absolutely. So we need to respect that. But loneliness on the path I wrote this because it was, it's been mostly a lonely journey for me, right? Even since I mentioned at the beginning, since high school, I was could never fit in. I mean, I had friends here and there, but not no deeper connection. Um, and loneliness on the path, It's understanding that the path can be lonely, but that's a lesson in itself because we always try to avoid loneliness. We don't want to be alone. So we then get hooked on whatever, the internet, social media, Netflix, or we go to parties like or relationships just to be not be alone, but that can really keep us from uh, distracted from our unique path. And I feel once you seek truth and uh, sincerely engage in the inner work, we also need to... Um, embody or like learn to be uh, you know content in solitude that's really what it comes down to it needs to move from loneliness to solitude and i lived many years by myself without a relationship in topanga canyon in in in, in the santa monica mountains completely in nature by myself very alone but i learned solitude and 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 also then i realized the most important relationship goes back to god the divine That's, you know, the more you connect to God, the divine to your essence, you know, you're not alone at all. Mm 
But the, okay. to, to realize that, you need to face your loneliness. You need to face your fears of being alone and uh, be in solitude. And then once you find this deeper connection, then you, then you connect to others in a more profound level. Then you even have more fulfilling relationships, even romantic relationships, because you don't use your partner, your friends as a subs, as a, to fulfill yourself to as a fulfillment right to for your happiness right. exactly what we talked about before the holes because you're already connected to who you truly are and then you can be more authentic and once you find your more true self then you also that's the true law of attraction then you're more whole within yourself then you attract more uh people that are much better match for you right in the sense of of resonate with you on a, on a much higher level and it's also about quality over quantity That's what I noticed, right? Yeah, like, yeah, like, like the, you know, as you wake up, you know, maybe the pool gets smaller of who you can hang out with. But for me, it's all about quality of a quantity. It's, you know, you can have loose associations, go enjoy like parties and have small talk. That's easy. But really in-depth connections, you know, I don't, I can still can count it on one hand, you know, in my uh, uh, personal life of people I, I can connect to on that level, right? So it is about quality over quantity. But I've also noticed this day and age, there's something beautiful happening in terms of community, right? So once you walk this path and face yourself, and it's again, it's the ascended descent. We have to walk through the shadow of, of, of death, so to speak, of the, <laughs> uh, in the sense of, of finding our true self. But then, you know, we find new relations. Then you really vibrate, vibrate on, a, on a new frequency. And you, it's important to let go. Sometimes do an inventory, let go of, of relationships. There's nothing wrong with it. And there's a grieving process right. even. We have this idea, oh, oh, just because we're friends with this person for so and so many years, so long that we need to some sort of false loyalty. No. Or even with blood family, right? We have this idea just because it's blood family, we need to like have certain obligations. Not necessarily so. I think we're entering right. a new area. And it's not about being selfish. It's just being authentic. And most people unfortunately, right. choose attachment over authenticity. Right. Mm -hmm. But I always say if you cannot be truly yourself, authentic, and be open with everything with, with your friends, are they really friends? What is your definition of friendship? That's not my definition of friendship. Yeah, right? there you go. A lot of people let it go. Sometimes I also notice once you're really on this path, people naturally go out of your life. And you're just about mm -hmm. letting go, and it's fine. It's it's to each their own. But going back to it, like, yeah, the lonely's on the path. I also made a video on, on that on that article. It's uh, it's really nice. A friend of mine helped me with the video production. Uh, we just need to face ourselves, right? Get out of uh, our solitude where you then find your deeper connection to God, right? And then to all that is. And then you realize, ironically, that you've always been too connected to all that is and separation is an illusion. All right, Bernard, thank you so much for that. And one last final question for you, man. Um, what I like to do on every episode is have, have our guests uh, leave our audience with what I like to call a token of love. So um, if you could just uh, give a few words uh, to the audience, something they can uh, take with them going forward. Um, well, I always, like, like I mentioned before, in every situation as bad, as worse as it is, you know, there's a lot of the conspiracy out there about the dark force of what's happening to the world, you know, Uh, so there are a lot of paranoia out there we can f easily fall into, right? The negative mindset, doom and gloom. I see this a lot and hopelessness. But this is what these uh, matrix forces, anti-divorces want us to be, you know, to be um, uh, in hopelessness, you know, and, and disempowered. But we are way more powerful than we think we are, <laughs> you yes, know, sir. and we are way more creative and they're trying to use it against us. 
So I like to also speak into beyond paranoia, look into pro pronoia, you know, that the universe also conspires for your higher good. <laughs> you know, that yeah. goes back to the silver lining. That's what I see. Like in every situation, there's like you mentioned before, there's a deeper lesson for your own sake to step up to your power to challenge you. Yes, sometimes, maybe, but ultimately to help you, to heal you, to find you back to your true self, to your essence, to God, and empower yourself and and, and access more of your own creative crea creativity. So we have more creative power because the more we really connect to who we truly are, the more we tap into our creative potential, the more we can truly manifest also reality in alignment with, with what we truly want from a higher perspective, not from our little ego mind, you know? Uh, so it's, it's, sometimes it's a, it's a matter of perspective. We can easily fall into complaint, you know, and hopelessness. And I, I'm not taking myself out of the equation. So what I found important, that not forgetting the practice of gratitude. Right. Oh wow. Because we, That's huge. Because, because we think uh, we take so many things for granted. You know, most of us we're dealing with what I call first world problems. Like, oh fuck, the internet is not working today. God damn it, the day is ruined. <laughs> you know? Right. Oh. <laughs> Instead of like gradually, like, hey, like little things to take for granted. Like, oh, I still have my limbs, my eyesight, you know, my health, basic things which can change like this at any time. So you know, gratitude is important. Right and f and finding the the silver lining in any situation and there's an opportunity right to get out of our comfort zone to step up to the plate and be the change you know we we want to see in the world. I love it, man. Thank you so much for that. And I, I tell you what, when you when you hit on gratitude, that kind of brought things full circle for me because when we first started the interview and you were telling you know your background, your history, I kind of picked up on not only were you telling about everything you, you've experienced, a lot of the things you've experienced, but I also sensed there was this, this great sense of gratitude that came through that, that I yeah. felt that the energy of gratitude. Mm -hmm. So that, that is perfect, man. Um, and, and once again, I want to thank you for taking time out your day to be on the hidden gateway podcast. I've really enjoyed this. It's been great. Um, learning about your history, your beliefs and, and your opinions on certain topics. And I certainly hope that the hidden gateway audience, uh, really enjoyed this, this episode of, of the hidden gateway podcast. And I want to remind everyone to stay connected with us directly through the hidden gateway.com. And you can also join the discussion on Twitter as well as Instagram. If you'd like to speak to us, please send us an email through support at thehiddengateway.com. And as always, uh, thank you for pushing your mindset towards a better reality. Reality, and, and don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. And and you know what, Bernard, I want you to be able to tell our, our listeners here where they can find you and in, in any uh, projects you have coming up. Obviously, you have a website. Are you on no. Facebook? You're in Facebook jail. <laughs> you said that. Facebook, jail, social media. Facebook is hard. I've, the past six months, I've been three months in Facebook jail. So that's kind of not the best way yeah my okay. main website is veilofreality.com v-e-i-l of reality.com that's all my work articles videos films interviews and also podcasts which i host with my wife the cosmic matrix podcast is hosted there as well and uh, my wife and i were about to start a new uh round of this of a private group coaching program we're hosting you know, yes um, man those look very interesting i was checking those out on your website yeah. man Oh my they're, God. They're, people check those out. Yeah, it's, that's an, it's intense. It, it's an intensive. It's like a, a ten week. We call it time of transition embodied soul awakening. We engage in the work I just shared, the inner and outer work, the holistic work, the fourfold approach of holistic self work on all levels, physical, emotional, psychological, spiritually, in context of the outer work, what's happening in the world, understanding the matrix forces and understanding universal laws. We look at through the lens of 
evolutionary astrology, that's another big topic. My wife, she's an astrologer and, and she studies esoteric type of astrology. It's extremely insightful if you want to learn more about your deeper soul purpose and past life lessons and all of that. So we guide people through this intensive program of 10 weeks. It's limited to 25 people and it's by application only. So we hand select people. Uh, if you want to hear more about it, know more about it and apply, just go to my website, veilofreality.com. Yeah, those really jumped out at me. I, the two that, that jumped out at me the most, and I obviously read about them, was the time of transition and body soul awakening and the hero's journey and the process of embodiment. I mean, those, and, and I'm sure exactly. the, the third as well. I mean, man, good stuff, man. Huge kudos to you and your wife. You guys are an awesome team doing what you do. That's really cool. And um, that that's definitely going to conclude uh, this week's episode. Bernard, thanks again for, for coming on. And until next time, I want everyone to stay positive, stay questioning, be loved and be free. The Hidden Gateway, okay. out.